Hi, everybody. My name is Matt. I am a recovering marijuana addict. Um, it's good to be here tonight on the phone lines. Uh, I, uh, a, a fellow reached out to me who I had not, not heard from in a while, and it was good to hear from her, and she asked me if I'd like to speak. And it's always uh, great to be of service. Um, MA has given me a lot. Uh, it's given me certainly, uh, you know, more than anything, the, the foundation of a life worth living. Um, I'm also, just as an aside, I'm, I'm very grateful to the phone lines. Um, you know, I, I, being on here reminds me of a time where this was several years ago before there really was, uh, you know, Zoom meetings or anything like that before the pandemic, and I was traveling um, internationally for, for a, a family wedding, and it was a time of, you know, I, where I felt a lot of different emotions. I mean, it was uh, wonderful, but it was also, you know, a, a time of kind of emotional upheaval for me, and, um, you know, I wasn't able to go to any kind of English language uh, MA meeting um, or MA meeting at all where I was staying and I logged onto a phone line and, um, you know, just hearing, I just remember the host starting the meeting and feeling this wave of relief go through me that, you know, I knew I wasn't alone and that I was in the company of, you know, my fellow recovering uh, addicts. It's really, it's quite the, uh, quite the experience. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Um, so a little bit about my experience, strength, and hope. So I'm out here in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, this is where I got sober. Uh, my sobriety date is June 18th, 2015, so a little bit over eight years now. Um, and I got sober in the Fellowship of Marijuana Anonymous. Uh, so a little bit about kind of what my experience was. You know, I, I am a marijuana addict. There's not one iota of doubt in my mind about that. Um, I was someone who, you know, uh, growing up, I think I, you know, I definitely had a, a very kind of sensitive kid, um, you know, tended to have kind of an anxious disposition. And, um, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, I had a lot going on inside my head and my heart uh, at a relatively young age. And, and um, you know, that was something that as I got older and I started going through adolescence, you know, really began to take on a life of its own. Um, and I was someone who became very... Uh, I think, uh, very frightened. I was a very sort of, you know, I think many ways frightened uh, and, and sort of lonely kind of adolescence. Um, and I really had a lot of trouble navigating life uh, as, uh, as a young person. And, um, you know, I was someone who, you know, even before I picked up marijuana, I think there were other ways in which I, I sought out relief, I sought out escape, um, you know, 
uh, just you know looking back in retrospect, other kind of behaviors that I engaged in that was that was seeking seeking an out, and uh, you know I was someone who was initially very you know uh, kind of I think frightened by the idea of of marijuana when I heard about it. I grew up on a a diet of of dare. Uh, if some of you on the the phone lines will recall I, I you know went through dare class and i was i was thoroughly thoroughly terrified of drugs um but that's the thing is when you're uh when you're uh, you know an adolescent is that the uh the curiosity and the uh you know does battle with the fear and for me the curiosity kind of won out um you know i was i was uh I discovered marijuana, or I should say, it was really introduced to me by by uh, by, by my brother um, when I was visiting him in college. It was the first time I'd ever been around marijuana, um, and he didn't, you know, he did, we didn't, I didn't smoke or anything like that because I was much much too frightened. But it, it kind of it came went from being something that I uh, you know I saw as kind of like other people did to, to suddenly something that you know, people that I knew, uh, my brother, someone I looked up to a lot was doing, and that's not in any way, shape, or form to, you know, uh, 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 you know, put, put the, put the, the, the blame for my, for my, uh, subsequent addiction at his feet, not at all, but just it, it was, it kind of brought it into the realm where I was like, huh, maybe, maybe this is something that I could do, you know, and, uh, about a year later is when I first, I smoked for the first time. Um, I was 15 years old. I just turned 15. And um, first time I smoked, nothing happened. Um, and the second time I smoked, first time I smoked was a bunch of other people, you know, in in the woods, essentially. And, you know, uh, you know, everybody got high except for me. And I was, I didn't understand what all the big fuss was about because it, you know, really didn't do anything for me. Um, but then I, I tried again, and this time I got high by myself, and I got very high. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, for me, that first experience is actually fairly frightening in some ways. It was, I, was, I was very, very high, but I also, you know, it unlocked for me this other aspect of consciousness, you know, like I could, I, I, you know, for, for a long time, I'd kind of, you know, as I said, been sort of a, a, uh, 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 you know, sort of frightened, lonely kid. And, um, you know, this just, and I kind of retreated into sort of what we talk about, you know, in the 12 questions, you know, that's sort of that privately defined world. And I found, that's what I found in marijuana is I found a world that, that was just, it was just me, you know, it was just me and the, you know, the pipe or the papers. And it was, it was the, you know, it, it was, I didn't share it with anybody else and I could kind of get lost in that world, you know, um, you know, whether I was, you know, out in, in nature or taking a walk around or I was listening to music or, you know, watching TV or playing video games or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, it was like I could just be in this other world. Um, and that, that first time that I got high 
that established the pattern for me. You know, uh, there's kind of that that uh, that sort of trope of the the you know the loner stoner, and that was definitely how I prefer to get high. Now, of course, I I did smoke with other people. You know, uh, I did go out, but if I had if I could choose, I would choose to be by myself because what was most important to me was inhabiting that privately defined world. Um, you know, and that was the pattern of my use. I, I went from someone who I discovered it, and, you know, I distinctly remember that same year, you know, I was, you know, I, I of course, I was in high school at the time. And this is prior to legalization, and, you know, I, I didn't, really have a steady supply. So if the one person I knew who sold pot didn't have any, you know, it was kind of a crisis. And I remember it being a crisis, you know, just in like a few months, right? Um, and, uh, you know, my perception of myself kind of changed. I, I sort of, I, you know, sort of took on this, this sort of persona of being kind of this, uh, you know, uh, misunderstood, you know, uh, uh, sort of, um, you know, drug using, uh, you know, individual who is, you know, very kind of angsty and, and, um, you know, I, 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 the way I kind of justified my, my using was, um, was, you know, if, 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 you know, I was self-medicating, right. And if, if you knew my pain that you would understand why I would use the way that I did. And, um, you know, I was also, I pretty quickly ran into consequences from my using, you know, first time I smoked, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't understand how much like it smelled and so I ended up getting, you know, caught by, by my mom. And that was something that happens, you know, I would get caught by my, my, my mom in particular, um, you know, I would, I would, she would get really upset. I would embarrass her, you know, when there were people around, you know, I, I was just kind of, you know, I, I I felt that sense of you know guilt about my using and and um, you know it wasn't that long before I was like you know I I really was felt like it had it had kind of become a problem like I, I had the sense that I was using marijuana in a way that the other people that I knew that I smoked maybe didn't use it in the same way and I, I I'm talking about being sort of 16 years old and recognizing this. Um, you know, and, and I had a lot of experiences where, you know, I, I, you know, came from a kind of a background where I was, where I was afforded some pretty amazing experiences in my life. You know, I got to, you know, study abroad when I was in high school, this wonderful opportunity to live in a foreign country and, 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 you know, live with a host family and study the language and, you know, and, um, you know, I did that mainly, mainly because I was that what I, in retrospect, understand is a geographic, which I was trying to really, I thought the problem was my hometown and the people I knew and my family. And, and, uh, you know, if I could just change the scenery and go to a different country where they speak a different language, you know, maybe, maybe things would be different. And I don't think I could even articulate that at the time. I know that now. I think at the time I was just kind of looking for an out. But I did that, you know, and I, I had this really wonderful experience. Um, but the, the problem was is that, you know, I got there and I was there as well, you know, wherever wherever I go, there I am. And, um, 
you know, I ended up, uh, you know, just, <laughs> you know, finding marijuana there uh, and, uh, and getting stoned. And I, I remember, you know, again, this is, I'm not that old. I'm, you know, 16 years old sitting on a porch, you know, and, in in uh, you know, and just like, you know, smoking, smoking, you know, like a half cigarette and getting high by myself and thinking, what am I doing? Like, what am I, what am I doing with my life? You know? And that was the first kind of real, I think, time it bubbled to the surface that there was something wrong. Um, there was something wrong with the way that I was using um, but I didn't have any alternative because that's the issue is that, you know, if I, if I were to stop smoking, you know, I would, I would kind of start crawling up the walls. Like I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really know how to not smoke. And that was the problem. Um, you know, because if I stopped smoking, then, then I had all of this, I had all of this stuff that I didn't know how to deal with. I didn't know how to deal with life or living. And, um, and so I, I, I kept on doing the only thing that I knew how to do, um, you know, so fast forward through that experience and coming back to high school and then going to college and, you know, continuing this pattern of kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, using um, a lot in isolation, you know, and I made some good friends and I had some, you know, good experiences, but you know, there was a lot of times uh, for me of really, uh, you know, there was a lot of times of kind of sadness uh, in that, um, you know, that was related to my marijuana use and, and kind of my, my inability to kind of sort of, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really able to, I, I couldn't make it like other people could make it. You know, I could do, I had enough sort of, you know, uh, I guess, intelligence or, 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 or talent to take me so far. But I, I, I just, I, you know, life was not something I was doing particularly well. It was like I was, you know, I was stuck in this, you know, low gear kind of trudging through life. And, um, you know, and it was, and I, you know, I began to, I began to try to quit. Those are my first times where I began to try to quit. You know, I would go home for the summer and, uh, you know, again, this is before weed was legal and I didn't, you know, have a steady supply. Um, and so I would kind of try to white knuckle it for, for a little bit. Um, but, you know, again, like I, I, you know, as soon as the opportunity availed itself, I would, I would, uh, you know, um, I would pick up again. You know, um, and I, I remember having an experience of coming back to college. I had had, a, I think, a little bit of time away from weed and coming back to college and having this, the morning, you know, getting on the, I went to school out of state. And so at the morning getting on the plane, you know, I think I had these, this idea of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to, you know, this will be the, this will be the year, this will be the semester where I, you know, I, I get my proverbial stuff together and, um, and uh, you know, then getting in and that afternoon, you know, getting picked up from the airport and that evening getting high, you know, and it's like, how did I get here? Um, and that, I think, it, it was a slow realization that 
I couldn't, I couldn't stop. You know, it took me a while. It took me a number of, you know, times of trying to get sober uh, or trying to take a break, really, you know, take a break. Um, but I'd always go back to it, and it would always just be the same thing, you know, and that was, that was really the issue. Um, so, you know, what happened was, I mean, I, it was, I, I really, I kind of, I got to a point where I was in a, you know, I was in a challenging major in college and, uh, you know, it was, it was a hard, it was a hard program, you know? Um, and I did, I had a, you know, ambitions to kind of, you know, maybe sort of sort of do do something useful with my life, you know, but it ran up against this reality of my my using and, you know, just my kind of apathy and kind of this this just sort of letting, you know, letting life kind of happen to me, you know. It wasn't like I wasn't really so much in the driver's seat. I just was kind of along for the ride. And, um, you know, and I couldn't hack it. Uh, and I ended up dropping out of school. I took a medical leave of absence. And, you know, at that point in time, I felt that, you know, if I got my mental health straightened out, then um, then I would, you know, I mean, I would be able to use how I wanted to. I mean, that's that's the that's the delusion that I didn't understand was delusion then. But, you know, if I get my mental health in order, then then this will work out. So I, I sought out, you know, kind of a a uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, maybe residential treatment, um, you know, for for people with all kinds of not not just substance use but but all kinds of kind of mental health concerns and and then I did uh, you know I, I spent some time in a you know a, a, a sober house and um, which I thought was you know uh, the suggestion of my parents I thought was unnecessary because uh, I didn't have a problem with drugs but I was kind of willing to go along for the ride and uh, you know and between those things I, I had a period of sobriety of about I'd say say maybe nine months, you know, and it was kind of uh, what I like to call, you know, institutionally enforced sobriety, you know, either I wasn't able to get mind or mood altering substances, um, including marijuana, or I was being drug tested, uh, or there was just, there was enough kind of stuff in place, you know, to, to sort of make me not want to pick up. But the, the, the thing is, is that I'm a marijuana addict. And, and so when I, went back to college that fall and, uh, you know, went back to my old ways. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a, any, any kind of defense against the first joint, you know, I didn't have anything that would prevent me from going back, you know? And so in my experience, I, um, you know, I started using other things that weren't marijuana because I didn't think those things were my problem. So, you know, uh, alcohol, for example, and, and, uh, and study drugs, you know, um, because how else am I going to, uh, how else am I going to be able to do anything other than, you know, chemically inducing it? And, uh, and then, you know, I got to a point where I started smoking marijuana again. So all that's to say that, you know, I had a period where I got through college and I graduated and I started my first job and I just found myself, again, I'd gone through all this treatment, I'd done all this stuff, and yet I was back in the same position of, 
smoking by myself after work, typically, but not always. Sometimes I would smoke during the day and feeling, you know, pretty isolated and pretty alone and, and just feeling like I wasn't able to kind of hack it in life. And um, so enter Marijuana Anonymous. You know, I was, again, at a point of sort of despair and desperation, and I wanted a solution. I remember I think I was, like, ordering books on, like, how to quit marijuana. Um, I, I, like, I, I was looking looking for solutions. And I'd heard about Marijuana Anonymous when I had been in treatment. Someone had actually suggested that I go to a Marijuana Anonymous meeting. But, but I didn't because, again, I didn't really see the point. I didn't really think I had a problem with marijuana. You know, I went to uh, other 12-step fellowships, um, you know, because that was suggested. And I, I didn't really identify with the folks in those meetings because, you know, I just I didn't feel like my – you know, I didn't identify, right? I, I feel differently now, um, but at the time, it was much harder for me to identify. And um, so I knew about MA, and I, was, I had moved back to Boston. Um, you know, having grown up outside the city, I moved back to the area. And uh, I, you know, I went to my first MA meeting. Um, I looked it up. I, um, I had a little bit of weed left. I smoked that weed. And the next day I went to some um, Miami meeting, and that was actually the last time that I smoked marijuana. Um, and what I found in the MA meeting was, um, you know, pretty, pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, what I found was people who not only did they use marijuana like I used marijuana, but they described that, you know, kind of that mental condition of, you know, really not not knowing how to live without getting high, you know, and 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 not being able to stop and and sort of the 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 agony that like comes with, you know, I can't stop smoking marijuana and I and you know, if I do stop, I have no idea what the hell to do. Um and so I, I found you know, really a home in a community in those first MA meetings. And some of the people in those MA meetings, those first MA meetings are still people that are, that are sober today and that are part of my recovery and, you know, part of, part of the MA community here in Boston. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for all the wisdom that they provided me. Um, what I will say about that experience is that I, 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 I understood on some level that it wasn't about, I, it came to me pretty quickly that it wasn't enough to stop smoking pot, you know, because if the, if the, if my issue is pot, then all I have to do is not smoke. Right. Like that's all, that's all I have to do. I just don't get high. Right. But that's not an option for me. I don't know how to live my life when I'm not getting high. I have no solution. Marijuana is my solution. I knew that. I knew that from the time that I picked up, this is how I deal with life. And if I don't have a solution, then, you know, it's, it's at best, it's a really kind of uh, hard existence trying to, trying to figure out how to live my life um, and, and trying to figure out how to deal with all these things, uh, deal with people, deal with my emotions, deal with my thoughts, deal with, you know, uh, my life. You know, I, I couldn't. I couldn't deal, and that's why I needed marijuana. And so... Um, you know, pretty early on, I did two things. One was um, 
was I started uh, started seeing uh, seeing a, a therapist. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of you know mental health treatment um, where, where appropriate, and I started working the steps. Um, and both of those uh, you know kind of parallel processes were were instrumental in in uh, in in really allowing me to achieve um, you know sobriety. Uh, um, you know, and a type of sobriety that felt sustainable. Um, and I will say the first, uh, well, first, before I, before I say that, I will also say that, you know, for me, sobriety has meant sobriety from all mining mood-altering chemicals, right? And that includes alcohol. Um, and the reason for that, for me, um, you know, is because I am someone who's looking for an out. And if you give me an out, I'm going to take that and I'm going to abuse it. Okay, that's that's just that's just the kind of mind that I have, and recovery for me has been not allowing myself to take those outs and deal with life on life's terms, and that's led to you know over these past you know eight years an enormous amount of you know change in the way that I live my life, in the way that I relate to myself, in the way that I relate to my fellows. You know, MA was the place where I learned how to be person among people, you know, like I, I, I learned how to have relationships. I learned how to have friendships. I learned how to have fun um, with people in, in the fellowship. Um, you know, I, I remember going out uh, for, and, you know, I went to a lot of, you know, in-person meetings and I was l- lucky enough to be in a place where those were possible. But I remember going out to meetings and going out to fellowship after the meeting, just a few people and laughing and having fun, sober. And I don't remember the last time that that it happened. I mean, I don't. You know, just the, the, the camaraderie that I felt with my with my fellows was was amazing. I mean, it was a it was a, a minor miracle. Um, you know, a word on the steps. Uh, you know, for me, the first step was paramount. Understanding that I I I and powerless over marijuana. What that means is that I can't stop smoking pot. And once I stop smoking pot, if I'm able to do that, I have no idea how to stay sober. I, I, I ha- my, the gravitational force of my life brings me back towards marijuana. And that's, that's what's unmanageable about it, right? It's like I, I, can't, I can't stop, and it causes all these problems in my life, and I don't know how to live without it. So understanding that, you know, um, you know, step two and three, you know, really at the most basic for me, it was believing, believing that I could be restored to sanity. I, you know, in other words, believing that my life could be different than what it was, right? And I didn't really, I couldn't see that, but I had faith that other people I saw in other people the change that had happened in their life through, through, through recovery, through stopping pot and, you know, doing this work. And it was pretty, excuse me, pretty remarkable. And step three, meaning, you know, I, I, made, the, I made the decision to have faith, okay, and trust that if I did this work, if I put in effort, that, that I could recover, right, that, that I could have this the shift in my experience that people talk about. And that certainly has been my experience. You know, I, I have a very um, 
I have a very not not to give short shrift to the rest of the steps because you know I think they're they're all they are all very important um, and I have worked the the twelve steps I've gone through them with a sponsor I've done a four step I've read a fifth step I've made amends you know and I still work uh, uh, particularly eleven and twelve not so much ten um, but eleven and twelve. Uh, on, a, on a daily basis, and um, you know the, that has really um, changed the way that I approach things um, and changed my life. And I have a very full life now. I have a lot of people in my life. Um, I have a lot of a lot of friends, uh, a lot of fellows uh, on this journey of recovery together, and I'm very grateful for to share in that fellowship and to share in that journey. Um, you know, I have, uh, you know, I, it kind of feels like a lot of times, like, it, uh, you know, and it, this is not, you know, the program's not about the cash and prizes, right? It's not about, you know, getting things or, you know, achieving things. But I just have found that when I, when I straighten out the addiction piece, you know, when I, um, when I'm no longer actively, uh, you know, kind of sabotaging my life in some ways, you know, a lot of really wonderful things can happen and a lot of, you know, really excellent, you know, wonderful changes um, can happen as well. And, you know, I, I think for me, it's not all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, some days are, some days are tough, but I think I've let go of the delusion that I can, or I am letting go, let's put it that way. I'm letting go of the delusion that uh, that you know, if I if I arrange things just so, if I if I do everything right, then I'm gonna feel really good, and that's that's the that's the most important thing is feeling really good, you know. And that was the delusion that gave rise to that that you know reinforced my addiction was that I I need to feel good, I need to feel different, I need to feel exceptional, you know, uh, and that's just that's not as important. I mean, you know, it's just, it doesn't hold as large a place in my life, you know, and when I'm, you know, really on top of my game, you know, I'm making space for, for, uh, for my fellows, you know, making space for the relationships in my life, um, you know, trying to nurture and foster those relationships um, and trying to help the, the addict who, who still suffers, you know, that's what this, uh, at the end of the day, that's what this thing is about, that, like, that's how I, that's how I live uh, a life of meaning and dignity is, is I, I try to, I try to help my fellows because, you know, I'm uniquely suited through my experience to help someone in the same position. So um, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you for inviting me to speak at this, uh, this meeting, and uh, thank you all for being on the phone last night. Thank you.